Hey everybody, this is Heidi St. John. Thanks for tuning in today. You guys have found me at my little corner of the internet today. I'm excited to be airing part two of my interview with Mark and Amber Archer. They are the producers of a brand new documentary about what's happening in our public schools. It's called The Mind Polluters. Yesterday, we had a really fascinating and encouraging conversation about where they have been and where God's brought them. And today, we're going to transition into how that translates into the movie that they're producing right now. Uh, rather, that's out in theaters called The Mind Polluters. You guys are going to be really encouraged. Stick around. I think you're going to be glad that you're here. So thanks for joining me today. As always, I want to encourage you guys to visit the sponsors of this show. They are the reason why I'm able to keep this on the air five days a week. And so I want to thank you guys for then. Also, I'm going to be answering your questions a little bit later on this week, and we are heading into the Off the Bench series. And so if you're interested in sharing your Off the Bench story with me and kind of how God's moving in your life and you'd like to be on the show, leave your information there and your contact information and one of the producer's of the show will be in touch with you. Speaking of off the bench, you guys are about as far off the bench as you could possibly be right now. You can't even see the bench anymore. It's so far behind you. Uh, Mark and Amber Archer, welcome back to the show. I'm glad you're here. Thanks for having us, Heidi. So yesterday we were talking a little bit about your history, which I am still kind of giggling about. I'm like, that is an amazing story. I hope you write a book. Uh, I love it because I think we we just forget that God's the healer, mm-hmm. you know, and we're our whole world is broken. Yeah. The school system is broken. Our government is broken. We're Our families are broken. Our mm. churches are broken, at least the ones that aren't uh, walking in the truth of the word of God, which a lot of them aren't now. And you guys are really stepping out in front of the culture, into an area that most people have just said, yeah, that's sort of the devil's playground, right? Mm-hmm. The movie industry. Yeah. And you uh, were talking that yesterday about how God really got a hold of your life. You'd grown up in a Christian home. Mm-hmm. A lot of parents listening to this, I was thinking about it, Mark, that their kids have walked away from the Lord. Yeah. And they got prodigals. And so before we jump mm-hmm. into this, I'm wondering, can you encourage the parents of a prodigal child Absolutely. right now? Because I get these questions all the time and there's nothing that hurts more. Mm-hmm. than a kid who's walked away from the Lord. So what do you say to those parents who are like, I, I just don't know what to do? Keep praying. Yeah. Mm. That's what brought me back. Really, it's, um, you know, what train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, they will not depart from it. It was, it was all of those years of being taught what was right. I always, I always knew what was right. Mm-hmm. I just chose not to do it, mm-hmm. right? Because mm-hmm. I was, I was, enamored with my sin so uh you know there's no there's no other explanation other advice i can give you have to be on your knees in prayer Mm -hmm. i know that my mom and dad prayed endlessly for me that that the 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 members of their sunday school class prayed endlessly for me and i know that that sunday when i showed up with her (laughs) they were going (laughs) <laughs> he, he's here we've been praying for him oh, really and there were so many of them yeah. that actually came up and said that we've yeah. been praying so many oh, years for my you goodness yeah. and so, how'd that make you feel but this yeah i tall, bet yeah. No, I, <laughs> I, like, I, i'm feeling kind of lower and snake poop in a wagon right right now yeah 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 no i mean i i knew that they were praying for me uh we didn't it, it was not easy yeah for them and they you know they I knew that they loved me regardless. Yes. You know, that they, is so important. Yeah. yeah. They didn't always tell me that they agreed. I mean, 
you know, they, they watched me go from bad decision to bad decision. I went through, you know, a, a marriage. I, I got married to a girl that was an avowed atheist. Yeah. Somehow I thought that was a good idea, that that was going to work out. <laughs> That's going to work and out. And that didn't work. It lasted <laughs> about one year, yeah. right? And then it yeah. was over. Yeah. And they 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 prayed with me, for me, through that. Mm. And so when she and I met, I was so broken, just, yeah. and I was just messed up. And yeah. so as the Lord called her to him, and then I was there you know, when that happened. And then when the Lord then turned to me, I mean, he had always been talking to me, but when he, I finally paid attention mm -hmm. and I could just feel him saying, I know you're messed up. Yeah. Come here. Mm. I'm going to fix this. Wow. So it wow. was, it was all those prayers. It's so encouraging um, especially to the parents who are listening and who are like, I've been praying for my kids or my son or my daughter. Homeschooled parents are not immune to this. Yeah. Mm. And I think sometimes people think, oh, if I just homeschool my kid, then they're never going to make a bad choice. Nope, that's not true. Mm. You know, uh, and just to hear from a kid who walked away from the Lord say, keep praying for you, keep loving them. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, keep praying for your kids and keep loving them. They need to know that your love is unconditional. That's God's love, mm -hmm. yeah. right? Because it's unconditional. I, because I knew I knew all through that, as bad as my life was, I always knew that that was my my safe space, right? I could always go back to mom and dad. Mm -hmm. They weren't going to necessarily tell me. Yeah, that, they weren't going to embrace your sin. Right. right? They weren't going to yeah. say, it's not your fault. No, right. they, they, <laughs> they were, but they, but they were always there for me. Yeah. And they always, they they represented the gospel. They represented stability mm -hmm. and truth. And that's what I so desired. That's what she desired mm -hmm. we'll never leave you nor forsake you right yeah. and so yeah. it, you just have you have to be that that steady mm. spot for them mm. it's such a beautiful uh reminder you know mm. i think and we need to hear it now because there's a lot of people listening to this and we're gonna uh talk about why it's so important that you guys are speaking out there are a lot of people losing their kids to the culture right now mm -hmm. a lot of parents i know because they write into me all the time you know i didn't realize what was going on in the public schools and by the time i realized what was going on it was too late or the parents who didn't realize that their son or their daughter had a pornography addiction so even though they're homeschooling their kid their son has stumbled into pornography or their daughter has been you know talking to complete strangers online the internet mm -hmm. is such a terrifying place for young people and to hear that God really does hear our prayers and he really does answer them is really, really uh, a message that parents need to hear right now. Mm -hmm. Because there are more and more of them now every day that because the culture has become so uh, focused on children and so focused on young people, starting with abortion, which we legalized in this country in 1972. Now we're sitting on the, on the brink of reversing uh, Roe v. Wade, which I think is going to happen. I actually mm -hmm. think SCOTUS is going to do that. Will it make abortion illegal? No. Mm -hmm. It will just reverse a terrible decision that should never have been given to SCOTUS in the first place. These are states' rights decisions. And mm -hmm. so that's why it's going to be kicked back to the states. But the fact is, we're targeting the very youngest among us. And mm -hmm. we have been doing this for a very long time. And after the Lord really got a hold of your heart, sounds like uh, working in you through your wife, you know, <laughs> I love how God does that. And uh, this is why, this is why Amber, God says, don't be a dripping faucet. Like nobody <laughs> likes that, you know, don't do that really. Sorry, you know, yeah. it's like, what would you think if, you know, if, if this, I remember telling my husband one day, you know, what would you think if we homeschooled our kids? I sort of like, you know, cause the Lord had given me like a little taste of it. 
And uh, I had started to homeschool Sierra sort of as an experiment while Savannah was in the public school. And I realized, oh, my goodness, I actually like this. Mm. They told me I wouldn't like it, but I do. Mm. Um, and so I lean over Jay one morning just to see if it worked because the kids can sit over me and like wake <laughs> me up with their presence, like an aura or whatever. Yeah. So I just sort of leaning over him like on a, on a Saturday morning waiting for him to wake up. <laughs> and he felt like what and I said hey good morning hey what do you think if we homeschooled our kids that man like bolts out of bed in his underwear he's like who are you and what have you done with my wife like she doesn't want to homeschool my wife thinks that's crazy but the fact is this God was using me God was working on my heart mm-hmm. and then I was gently working on his heart because you want to be of one mind and I love mm-hmm. that Amber saw this amazing gift in you mm-hmm. and wanted to see you use it for the Lord mm-hmm. so God gets a hold of your life and you decide we're going to jump into the deep end and cover abortion, right? right? And now you're doing transgenderism. You guys, man, you guys are not, you guys are not messing around. You're like, no shallow movies. end for the archers. It was like, bam, right into the, right into the deep end. Yeah. But you decide to make this movie and it's called, uh, Inwood, Inwood Drive, Inwood yeah. Drive. And it's about the evils of abortion. And this really is a, it's a, a really sick story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So it's about George Klopper, the abortion doctor. Uh, so, it, and for us, it was, you know, in business terms, it was low hanging fruit. He was, he had a clinic in our From your neck of the woods. Right? Yeah. So it wasn't like you're going to have to like travel across the country. Right. And- we didn't have to go far. And it was a story that we kind of knew. We knew the people involved. And so really the story was about how they shut him down because they, he had been shut down for five years by the time we got the archers came. And you to got this guy to interview. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, we went into his we clinic. We went in his clinic. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and it well cuz it's fascinating because it's called Inwood Drive because that's the road that his abortion clinic is on. But on on one side of the road is the abortion clinic. Directly across the street on Inwood Drive is a church. And so you've got good and evil mm. on each side and you you know we're we're standing back and you know take the bird's eye view and look and see what's happening. You're like Whoa, whoa. Talk right. about spiritual battle and warfare. I right, mean, right. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, yeah. I mean, an abortion. Yeah. Hello. I mean, mm-hmm. this yeah. is, this is gruesome and people don't, mm-hmm. it's like, you and I were talking about, you know, uh, before the show, the aspects of transgender, uh, sex reassignment surgery and all the, these are gruesome things that yeah. are happening to our children. Mm-hmm. Gruesome th- stuff that's happening. So you decide, actually, you know what we're going to do? We're going to take a quick break. because i just i like to leave people on they're like wait what now yes right now uh we're gonna take a quick break and when we come back let's talk more about uh inwood drive and uh, the mind polluters you guys are fantastic uh hang on we'll be right back all right so you you decide we're gonna go ahead and take this guy on this crazy guy how does that go well it was interesting he um, so what's his story what's the backstory so people kind of understand who this guy is how long we got Uh, Uh, let me sum it up (laughs) postage stamp version George Klopfer came to America with his family post-World War II. And this is so... Like, from you, where? From Germany. Germany. Oh, dear. Yeah, so mm-hmm. you can't... You Literally, you can't make this stuff up. When we started researching the story, we heard, we heard from sidewalk counselors. Mm-hmm. People would say, oh, Dresden, Dresden. Have you, have you heard about Dresden? We're going, I don't... Well, what is this? People told us that he would... That he had come from Dresden and he had told several of them the sidewalk counselors through the years that he was taking revenge on America because of the Dresden firebombings in 1944. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, do- no, no joke. And, Seriously? I, and every yeah. time I heard this, I went, whatever that's, that's urban myth, right? I didn't believe it. 
Then we went in and sat down with him. Ask him a story. No joke. First thing out of his mouth. Are he starts kidding? telling us about Dresden. Yeah. So he grew up in Dresden. Mm-hmm. He was, I think, five when the, so he was born in 39. He was five when the Allies firebombed Dresden for mm-hmm. three days, three nights. Mm-hmm. And, and why? Why did they do that? Well, it was part of, it was part of the assault on, on Germany, right? Yeah, to just end trying, the war. trying to end the war. Trying yeah. to end the war. And it was a strategic location. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. And um, so he confirmed this whole story and he's he, for a good 30 minutes of the conversation, he's talking about Dresden. Mm-hmm. Turns out because and, and I, there was a bunch of this stuff that we couldn't fit into the film. So I put it into a companion book and I put all the stuff in the companion book and we have declassified uh, CIA documents about his family. This is where it gets weird. He came to the U.S. He's one of how many kids? Seven. seven. One, the youngest of seven. His dad is named Oscar Klopfer. Oscar was a chemical engineer, worked for the IG Farben Industries in Dresden. IG Farben made nerve gas. Wow. For the concentration for, camps. For Auschwitz. I knew, I knew that's where that was okay. going. Yeah. And so there was a program. You cannot make this up. No, you, you really can't make can. this up. But right. <laughs> Here's my tinfoil hat. Here, here we go. <laughs> the, and this is all true. This is We have the documents to prove this. Oscar Klopfer was brought with his family to the U.S. as part of a U.S. intelligence agency program post-World War II called Operation Paperclip. Operation Paperclip is where they stole all the Nazi scientists away and brought them over here. Werner von Braun was part of it. You go build our space program. You work on nuclear rockets. You go teach at this university. And Oscar Klopfer was brought over. No matter how wicked or how evil these right. people were. Right. Mm-hmm. With his family. And he was employed by, he was sponsored by the U.S. Army. He sounds like a wicked man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. And, and so, so that's this, how George Klopfer got here. He grew up. His youngest son. Yeah. He grew up, graduated from Bellevue High School outside of Detroit in 1959. And then he went to medical school in Chicago, and then Roe v. Wade happened. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he was willing and able to, he, he, he looked at it and saw easy money. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's how he got started in the abortion industry. And then you fast forward all those years later, and when he died, he was the one that, when he died, his family found 2,411 dead babies in his garage. And an abandoned car. And in one of his abandoned Mercedes. Mm-hmm. He had kept these fetal remains in bags and jars. Mm-hmm. That would so, smell terrible. Yeah. They, they, yeah. So they were all. So. I, I, how did people. How did. They, how did. I don't know. I don't know, but well, he was how a hoarder. People, how yeah, do people he, not know? Well, because he, he was, was a he was a hoarder. Like you, you yeah. talk about, I mean, floor to ceiling, really massive. So when you guys are mental. interviewing him and he's talking about, uh, is it Dresden? Yeah, mm-hmm. he's talking about this. Is he? How is he tying those two those two together? So he's talking about the they they firebombed mm-hmm. uh, that place for three days, and he's there. He's five years old. What was the connection between that shape that shaped his worldview yeah. that shaped his worldview? Wow. I always when when we mm-hmm. talk about this, you know, like do keynote speeches, right? Talking about 
doing inward drive, and I always put it in these terms. The gospel, according to George Klopper, goes like this. In the beginning, the Americans bombed my home. Mm-hmm. Everything else was colored through that lens. And so his decision to get into the abortion business was partly greed, but also because, as was confirmed by several sidewalk counselors who dealt with him through the years, that story that I wouldn't believe about him growing up in the firebombings of Dresden, and they connected the dots and said, and he told me, and he told me, and he told me, the reason he was doing abortions was to kill as many American babies as he could as revenge for Dresden. Wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. Twisted. You can't make this so stuff up. So twisted. And so he, um, so when you're in the room with him, mm-hmm. what was that like? Well, it was close. So every, he would visit all three of his clinics in Indiana and actually sleep in them, spend the night. <laughs> so, his clinics, he'd been shut down for five years. Yeah. He would still make his rounds. Still doing abortions. Yeah. No, well, he wasn't. he wasn't doing abortions. He just, he went to his buildings. He owned all the buildings. And so he would just go and stay. Interesting. So imagine now after mm-hmm. he's died and they find all these fetal remains in his garage. And I said at the time, I said, I will bet you there's more in those clinics. Why mm-hmm. did he keep going? He would spend the night in these clinics every week. Mm-hmm. He'd make his rounds. Demonic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, it turns out there weren't any more in the clinics, but, you know, mm-hmm. in the film, we actually, it, just by the Lord's design, we were <laughs> the only ones. We figured out that they were going to raid the clinics, and we were the only ones there with a camera, and we got the police busting down the door the moment that no happened. No yeah. kidding. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody listening to my show now, it's like, where do we find this? Where can they get the it's movie? Actually, you can actually still watch it on Amazon. They yeah. haven't taken that one down. That's a shocker. Yeah. Yeah. I know, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because you haven't had so much luck the other time, have you? No, the, no. New, one, the new one gets shut down automatically. Yeah, 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 yeah put it shut up. down automatically. Yeah. Wow. So, okay, so, so wow. So when you, you decide to, you, you film, you release it, how is it, how is that? Well, it's during COVID. And and so that that adds to it. And so you know, you guys have you might be, and and I've been doing this for eight years. This might be the most fascinating interview I've ever done. We've talked about strip clubs and prodigals and people who are putting fetal remains in their in their garages and Mm -hmm. truly evil people. And in in the midst of all this, there's a joy on your face because you're doing what God's asking you to do. Oh, absolutely, and just kind of unearthing. Mm-hmm. The things that I mean, you know, and really you kind of have to come from a place of brokenness to even be able to unearth this other kind of mm-hmm. brokenness. Well, right? because you know that there's hope and there is joy yes. when you've experienced it yourself. You want to share that with as many people yes, as possible. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. And so right. we we released um, Inwood Drive to Amazon and DVD uh, in, in which you can find it at fearlessfeatures.org on our ministry website. Um, but then we were just praying, Lord, you know. What are our next steps? Where where are we going? What are we doing? Mm-hmm. And um, we're like, we knew it was going to be pornography, but we're like, yeah, okay, but we didn't know what. So that's where that's where you know the strip clubs and everything mm-hmm. came in because mm-hmm. we know how broken people are. Mm-hmm. And we were watching an episode of Glenn Beck, and it was about global grooming. And ah. so I shared that to my Facebook page, my personal Facebook page, and our um, a state representative contacted me. She's like, oh, hey, Amber, there's a um, sexual revolution conference happening up here in, in my area. You and Mark should think about coming. And I'm like, yeah, OK, whatever. 
Well, that sounds like fun. Yeah. Not really. Let <laughs> <laughs> check my watch. I know, right? <laughs> and so um, we quickly, and it was amazing how the Lord started opening doors and we were getting connected with, with people. And um, we got introduced to Dr. Judith Reisman. And um, we went, we go to this, this conference and we knew right away, we're like, oh my goodness, this is where the Lord is sending us. Mm-hmm. And um, after we got done and what going, was the conference for? It was sexual revolution. So they were going through everything. Basically, everything that we presented in the film mm. is... Talking about Kinsey. Yeah. yeah. But they were Kinsey. talking about it from a negative standpoint. This wasn't like, hey, this is awesome. Right. Oh, it was, right. Okay, it, it was so most people, most children. people don't know about oh, oh, okay, the conference. Yeah. So yeah. I'm just trying to make yeah. sure people so, understand. So, yeah, it was just the harm being inflicted on children, mm-hmm. in, especially captive in, they in the public education. They were trying to sound the alarm. Yes, yeah. they were trying to sound the alarm. So here come the archers. So this, this <laughs> with their we, big, giant yeah. Frankenstein camera. He <laughs> 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 called it a Frankenstein camera, not me. Just so you guys know. I didn't talk about his camera that way. He did that. He did that. <laughs> so that was where we were first introduced to Kinsey and what is social emotional learning. Yeah. And, oh, oh, oh. and Judith. So, and, yeah. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. Uh-oh. Social emotional learning. Oh, yes. yeah. People contact me all the time like, it's not that big of a deal. Oh, it, it is. is a big deal, isn't it? Oh. Yeah. It's awful. Yes. It's Trojan S-E-L. horse of I'm all. like, you guys. I mean, yeah. I'm watching right in, in, in Battleground, Washington. They put it on the the um, flyer, you know, when they're trying to get their their bonds passed and all their levies and all this garbage. Yep. And they say, "Well, we're gonna we have, we're, this this money is a lot of it for social emotional learning." And I'm I'm in the background, like, "Ding ding ding, this bad, mm-hmm. it's bad." And parents mm-hmm. are like, "Oh, that's great. No, yeah. they want to help my kid with their emotions. No, because they're willfully ignorant. They just yeah. refuse to." Oh no, that's not that's not what they said. It sure sounds know. good. Yeah, social emotional learning. Yeah. Well, and that's why you, and that's why we make documentaries mm-hmm. to help wake people up. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it, for those who are going to to listen, you cover that in the mind polluters. Yes. Oh yes, mm-hmm. extensively. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, that's where we learned what all this was, and it was on the way home from that we went, okay, this is you know, and it, the next thing. and it's so fascinating because for us. You know, we're just always in the thick of it. So we never see, you know, we're like, Lord, what is the grand scheme here? Like, why are we yeah. doing this? I mean, because so, yeah. we sacrifice so much. I, we, we, we give it all away. And there's so many times that we would question, be like, why are we doing this? Yeah. Why? And then things like the abortionist dies and they find the babies. And we're like, oh, now we see why. Mm. Yeah. You know, yeah. and then, you know, starting on the mind because polluters. it's not about, and I, I think this is so important for mm-hmm. listeners, and I've been saying this for a long time. For the Christian, it can never be about outcome. It has to be about obedience. Yep. Yes. If you focus on the outcome and, and you're, you're doing it for a particular reason. I mean, that's the perfect example is my run for Congress, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I hope that I win. And I hope that God uses my voice on the floor of the House of Representatives. Even if I don't win, I will have obeyed. Mm-hmm. That's right. And that's what we keep telling parents, like, r- run for these offices, mm-hmm. right? It, it, the outcome is not up to you. It's up to God. Yep. Mm-hmm. Your job is to obey. And that's what you guys are doing with your films and that's yeah. what you're doing with, with uh, mind polluters. So what is the the premise, the the main reason that you did the mind polluters and what's it about? Cause there are a lot of people listening. You guys have already been on my show before. This is much mm-hmm. more fun. I have to say that um, <laughs> we'll have to come to Washington again. I know. Right? <laughs> you're going to fly uh, next time. <laughs> I know you're going to fly next time. It's not going to drive you guys. Oh, don't be a chicken. Come on. <laughs> Although if the gas is going to hit $10 a gallon, you might, you might end up having, you might, you might have to drive. But, uh, Tell people that have not, they don't understand about the movie, who is the intended audience? What are you hoping people will do with the movie? Mm-hmm. And then I really want people to, I, I want to talk for the last minute or two about how people can support you. Because I think mm-hmm. it's worth, uh, I keep telling people, I'm not trying to guilt anybody. 
uh, start putting your your money where your mouth is. You know, mm-hmm. we, we'll spend fifteen bucks on a you know a latte and a cookie at Starbucks, and that fifteen bucks can be going to help you guys do what God's called you to do, which is so right. much more important than that. You know, than supporting a woke corporation will ever be. Yeah. Um, so I'll get to that in a second. But talk about the mind polluters. Who's the audience? Can people show this in their churches? What are you hoping will happen with this movie? The church is the audience. Uh, we made the movie for the church to wake them up because I think so many of the pulpits aren't talking about these things. And if if you haven't realized, public school is not a safe place, especially right. if you're a family of faith. 100%. And, and so that was really our mission and where the Lord was leading us and, and our heart behind it. And it's really, it's really geared to towards uh, waking up parents, but especially men. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. the men. So now that you know my, you know, my pathetic background, mm-hmm. that's why I'm so passionate about beating men over the head with this saying, men, you've got to stop. Mm-hmm. You have to. The, when I see men that don't want to get involved, you ain't fooling Mark. Yeah. Mark knows why you don't want to get involved because you like the porn. Yeah. And you're compromised. And then you're mm-hmm. compromised. Mm-hmm. And you got to start by admitting it and you need to repent and turn away from it. Mm-hmm. So that's. And and women. uh you know, have been obviously complicit in this. The, mm-hmm. the feminist movement has not helped women at all, right? right? Uh, I'm talking about modern feminism. I'm not talking about women's suffrage. People always go, you don't want women to vote. No, come on, stop it. But but God gave us unique roles to play. Mm-hmm. And women uh, are born responders. I think we talked about this, I think, on the, the last show that we mm-hmm. did. I love that God uh, made women to respond to the loving leadership of their husbands. I think women respond to the tone in their husbands' voices. We reflect men. In a lot of ways, and uh, women know that that the the absence of masculinity, true masculinity, in our culture is actually hurting us. Mm-hmm. That men are to be providers and protectors, you know. And I love to see this stupidity, you know, of these transgender women, these men in uh, women's sports, and how it's killing women's sports. It is because we're intrinsically different. We have different roles to play. Not that those roles don't. You know, uh, crossover from time to time, and you know. So I don't, I don't. I'm not talking about the gender stereotypes that clearly are not always the true uh, reflection of how people operate. But to see you guys boldly come out and say, and Mark, to see, hear you hold the men in our culture to account and say, I'm sorry, but the women and children actually need you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, where are you? How about you get off your couch and put your beer down? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And come out and engage in what's happening around you because. That right now the culture is winning, yeah. and you guys are really, for lack of a better word, uh, you're sort of William Wallacing around the country, you know, <laughs> kind of like I would do, it. and just like, hey, this is important. There's mm-hmm. there's no time to lose, and so we need to start doing some self reflection, like we were saying earlier. You can't pass on what you don't possess, right? Yeah. And you want to see healing happen. Well, it starts right here, mm-hmm. you know. Lord, heal me. Yeah, you know, and, and Craig Sawyer, who's in the film, and he's. He's a man's man, former Navy SEAL, and he started seeing the the effects of the the sex trafficking, right? Mm-hmm. And we interview him in the film because he makes such good comparisons of between what the teachers are doing in the classroom mm-hmm. to groom yeah. and what the, the actual traffickers are doing. And he said it best. We we put the question to him, what do you say to men in this fight and he he puts it so well he says you know there's a lot of guys that say oh yeah i'm tough i'm a warrior you know look at me but what what good is your masculinity if you're not willing to stand up and defend the most innocent that's right you know we're talking about children right right. you won't even 
you won't even stand for truth for yourself. You won't mm-hmm. stand for, you won't defend your wife. Mm-hmm. You won't defend your marriage. Mm-hmm. And now you won't defend the children. You're worthless. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Stop calling yourself a man. Get out of here. Mm-hmm. So I don't, men like that, I don't have any time for. Yeah. I was one of those and I was worthless. Mm-hmm. But you know what? If you, if you repent, the Lord will use you. But it starts with, getting on your knees and saying, I'm sorry, mm-hmm. you know, help me to get rid of this. But you've got, you have to, it has to start with the man. Well, we have an, an epidemic in this culture of fatherlessness, mm-hmm. you know, and you can trace back these school shooters and all the crazy people that are out there doing crazy things. 99.9% of them come from homes where there is no father, mm-hmm. this absence of fathers. And we've promoted it. And then you got Gillette talking about toxic masculinity and, mm-hmm. and then you got the women, you know, anything men can do, we can do better, which is a lie, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and we need our men. Mm-hmm. We need them to be men desperately. Yeah. Yep. It's like if there was if there was ever a time to sound the alarm, now is the time. Mm-hmm. And so I'm I'm I so appreciate that uh, that you especially are are taking that role because it really has to come. With, I saw something the other day that it's so amusing. Um, when the, a, a man, a feminist, asked, I was talking to a man who was trying to stand up against abortion. She was like, "You don't have a uterus. You know, you can't actually speak to this." I want to just stand up and say, it, you do realize it takes a man and a woman <laughs> mm-hmm. to create a baby, right? Mm-hmm. And yet, so he does have something to say. If there's a human being, a man had a role to play. Mm-hmm. If we're talking about the innocent life of a human being, and this guy stood there completely bewildered. She said, you don't have a uterus. And he was like, oh, duh, duh, duh. and I'm like, wow, we, we can't even argue from a position of truth anymore. Right. And he was out there trying to do the right thing. And he let this woman shame him with an argument that's completely ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't think, I don't necessarily think he stopped doing what he was doing, but it made me sad to see this guy who should have been able to just stand on his own two feet and say, no, I actually care about children mm-hmm. as a man. I care about, I care about the unborn. It took a man to make a baby. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so obviously we should each have something to say about it, right. but instead we've watered down the argument so much that he didn't feel like he could even argue because after all, he didn't have a uterus. And mm-hmm. I was like, wow, this is so not about a uterus, <laughs> right? It just isn't, uh, it's about human life and it's about what God says is precious. Mm-hmm. And we are, we are called to love what God loves mm-hmm. and, uh, and he loves human beings. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's at the top of his list, right? So I'm, I'm so, uh, I'm so excited for what you guys are doing and just for the voice that you're bringing to this conversation, mm-hmm. because it is so needed right now. You guys are turning your attention. Now you're doing a new film. Mm-hmm. What yes. are you doing now? What, what, <laughs> what pool are you jumping into now? What, Cliff diving are we doing right now? <laughs> right. Well, we get so many loving Christmas Bungie cards as jumping. a result of I our bet. first two films. <laughs> yeah, we're working on a film right now called Dysphoria, which is about the transgender nonsense. Mm-hmm. Wow. And it is what it is. It's just, it's a wicked nonsense. It is. And so dysphoria is, uh, to the transgender topic, what the mind polluters is uh, to comprehensive sex, sex ed. ed yeah. yeah. Explains it all. What is it? Where did it come from? And, you know, talking to a lot of people that that have a lot of interesting insight into this mm-hmm. and it really exposing mm-hmm. um, a lot of its roots. Yeah. And the, the and the fact that the church has become has been largely silent. Yes. And Shockingly once, mm-hmm. silent. And once again, dysphoria is. Aimed at the church. Aimed at the church. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Where are you, church? Yeah. Why, why, why is the church silent on this? This is amazing to me. It is amazing. This is unacceptable. Well, and, and you know, we're back in the days of uh, the Corinthians, you know, which mm-hmm. is the reason why Paul addressed the church in Corinth. and was like this sleeping 
slothful church mm-hmm. was riddled with sexual immorality mm-hmm. and false teachers. Yep. And Paul called them to account. And we are living in those days right now. We're living in the days of the fall of Rome. Mm-hmm. This is how empires fall. Yep. And America is on the decline right now. We're certainly not, we're, we're not a rising star, you know, no. among the nations. We are a nation in decline. And all you got to do is study the word of God to understand how nations rise and fall. Yep. And uh, I'm, I'm thankful for, uh, for the fact that you guys are willing to jump into this space because there's not a lot of people doing it. Mm-hmm. And we need those voices. And I'm, I'm hoping that this gives people a tool to become more vocal. Mm-hmm. I think that's a large part of what you guys are doing is you're mm-hmm. giving people tools. Yep. Like maybe you don't feel comfortable talking about it, but you can certainly show uh, the mind polluters at your home yep. or at your school. Or, or church, at your church, or, or like what we're doing tonight yep. at the Homeschool Resource Center. So mm-hmm. important. Uh, Amber, where can people find you guys and how can they support you? Yeah, you can go to our um, filmmaking ministry page at fearlessfeatures.org and you can find more about us and the movies we're making and every, everything that we do is, you know, we're, we are on a mission to create movies about the issues impacting our culture and society from a biblical perspective. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you're not that, trying to blend in. No, we know. <laughs> I mean, not that I'm not that I'm confused <laughs> at all about where he stands. I don't think anyone is. Truth is found in God's word. And yeah. we are on a mission to share and elevate voices through the films that we're making. Amazing. Mm-hmm. Amazing. Mm-hmm. So I cannot wait uh, for uh, dysphoria to come out and mm-hmm. I'm excited to see what God does with the uh, inward drive and with the mind polluters. And uh, you guys are a force of nature. <laughs> you know, I mean, really, just, I'm just sitting, just I'm just sitting in, in the room with you. I'm like, Oh, someone needs to turn down the heat. These guys are, these, these guys are, are cranking it up for the Lord. Uh, I wish you guys the very, very best. We'll, mm-hmm. we'll continue to just pray for you. Come back, you know, yeah. often and tell me, you know, kind of what you're seeing as you're interviewing people. Mm-hmm. And we need to sound the alarm. We need to elect new leaders who will not allow this nonsense to continue to proliferate Mm -hmm. in our universities and in our schools. We're hurting our children. Mm -hmm. And I so appreciate your willingness to get out there on the front of the culture wars and uh, lay your lives down to do it. I Mm -hmm. think, uh, you know, God's using it to do some pretty big things. So thank you guys for coming on the show. Let's do it again. Yeah, thanks for having us in studio. I know, I know, right? It's so exciting. Here you are in my neck of the woods. It's crazy. I've been to Indiana a bunch of times, as you well know. So we'll have to we'll have to do that again soon, as soon as gas prices come down. Yeah. I know I have a motorhome now, and I'm I'm like, well, that's going to cost me ten thousand dollars. I guess we'll put this in the garage for a while. Not not doing that. And I'm like, look, kids, you have a new tent. <laughs> We're just going to park it right here and let the grass grow up around it. That'll be fantastic. Well, thank you guys for coming. Uh, I appreciate it, and uh, we'll get the information out. See what God does. Okay, thank thanks. You. You're welcome. For more information about Amber and Mark Archer and the ministry that God has given them, go to HeidiStJohn.com forward slash podcast. Scroll down to the show notes and I will link back to them in the show notes today. We appreciate you guys listening. I want to encourage you, uh, as I did at the beginning of the show and again yesterday, to get behind filmmakers like the Archers. What they're doing is expensive and it's time consuming and it's necessary Uh, for getting the word out in the culture right now. It's time for Christians to start putting their money where their mouth is. And the Bible says that where your treasure is, that's where your heart is. If this is important to you, uh, I would encourage you to find out how you can support them monthly, get behind what they're doing, get the word out about their movies, and let's be the change that we want to see in the world instead of just talking about it, all right? That's what these guys are doing, and you can become a part of that. Thank you guys for listening. Have a great day, and I will see you back here tomorrow at the intersection of faith and culture.